Gracious, holy, and loving God, Lord, we thank you as we've gathered here today to worship you, to draw close to you, and to sit expectant, expectantly waiting to hear a word from you. Lord, you have promised us your Holy Spirit that through your Spirit you would be with us always. And so we come to you, Lord, humbly seeking your guidance in our lives. Gracious God, we pray that you would bless us in our worship today. We pray that it would be pleasing in your sight. We pray that you'd speak to us and guide us and direct us. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Our call to worship this morning. Let us join together. Praise the Lord. Let the Lord's name be praised. Hearts are ready. O Lord, we will sing and make melody. We will give thanks to you, O Lord. We will sing praises to you. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens, and your faith, faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Our opening hymn this morning is Precious Name. As we join together and prepare to lift up our joys and concerns to the Lord, let us give thanks that we have a God that has already conquered death and sin and that there is nothing too big, too difficult for Him. We can bring all things to Him 
There is nothing that we need to feel like we have to deal with on our own. God doesn't want us to deal with things on our own. He wants us to come to Him so that He might give us the strength to deal with whatever comes to us in each day. He has promised to be our wellspring of strength, to be our wellspring of peace. And so at this time, let us go to God in confidence knowing that he hears our every prayer as we prepare to pray and we sing our song of prayer. Most gracious and holy God, as we are gathered here today, we pray that your blessings would be with us in the week to come. Lord, we seek that your Holy Spirit would empower us for whatever tasks you have given us in the coming week. Gracious God, we come to you praying that you would forgive us where we have failed you, where we have failed to be your obedient people, to go and be your hands and feet to the world. We pray that you would take us and reshape us into the image of your Son, that we might go and do your will. Holy God, at this time we come to you praying that you would be with those who are going to be traveling we pray that you would give them safety and protection. Lord, we thank you for the good news of, of new babies that are going to be born. We pray for those who are bringing new lives into the world in, this, in these days, Lord. It, it's difficult, and yet it brings joy and hope to all people. Lord, we come to you today praying that you would be with our doctors and our nurses and our military and law enforcement, Lord, our healers and our peacekeepers and peacemakers. We pray for all who serve. We pray that you would guide, direct, and protect them, but most especially let them know that they are never alone, but that you are with them. And yes, we pray for all who serve, but we pray especially for those who are friends and family of these churches that you would be with them. 
Gracious God, we pray for our leaders in government, both in our state and our nation and throughout all the world. Gracious God, we come to you praying that you would uh, guide and direct them, that you would give them wisdom from on high, and that they might do your will until that great day comes when your son Jesus comes again and puts all authority under his feet and he brings your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Holy God, we come to you praying that you would just be with us and that you would be with those who do not know you. We pray most of all for those that do not know you. We pray that you would use us as your ministers to share your love with them, that all might come to know the name of Jesus and be saved. Father God, all of these joys and concerns we bring to you this day, and we lay them down at your feet in the name of your Son, Jesus, knowing you hear our every prayer. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, we continue to pray to you this day, the prayer your Son, Jesus, taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Would you guys come up here for just a minute? You guys can sit up here for a minute. Hey, quit. <laughs> Delia. Okay, both of you guys sit down for a minute. Hey, Charlie, you're going to look at me. You've been looking at me funny all all day. What's been going on? She's been smiling at me with her eyes, so she's up to something. 
Is your sister up to something? Mm-hmm. Is she, she is. Okay. Uh, She's up to snuggling. <laughs> She's. Hey, you remember Daddy talking to you about how someday, you know, all the different kitties and puppies that that Nana has had, mm-hmm. and that someday Jesus is gonna come back and make everything right, and that uh, all the things that we miss that are gone, He's gonna bring them back. Remember that. Well, the reason why Jesus is going to be able to do that is in our scripture today in Philippians. It talks about how Jesus went to the cross. And when he went to the cross, it wasn't an accident. It's To a lot of people, they thought it was an accident because why would God let himself be put on a cross? But it, in Philippians, Paul explains to us that... Jesus went to the cross to make all the sad things go away. It says he went there. It says that, it says, and so God has greatly exalted him and to him and his favor has given the name which is over all names that now at the name of Jesus every knee within heaven shall bow on earth to and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus, Messiah, is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus went to the cross to take all the bad things and defeat them, so that someday when he comes again, and when we live with him forever, it will be nothing but happy and good, and all the sad things will be gone and go away. And that is something that we can be thankful for today. In this, in this Sunday that is a month after Easter. We get to think about Easter every day whenever we love Jesus. So, always remember when there are things that seem sad, that someday all those things are going to go away because Jesus has already won. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day. We thank you for these children. We praise you for the goodness and love that you've shown us, that you loved us so much to go to the cross, that you would defeat all the things that bring tears to our eyes. That the, and we look forward to the great day that will come when you make all things new. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can go back to your seat. Our scripture for today comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 2. I'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Paul writes and says, So if our shared life in the king brings you any comfort, if love has the power to make you cheerful, if we really do have a partnership in the Spirit, if your hearts are at all moved with affection and sympathy, 
then make my joy complete. Bring your thinking into line with one another. Here's how to do it. Hold on to the same love. Bring your innermost lives into harmony. Fix your minds on the same object. Never act out of selfish ambition or vanity. Instead, regard everybody else as your superior. Look after each other's best interests, not your own. This is how you should think among yourselves with the mind that you have because you belong to the Messiah Jesus, who though in God's form did not regard his equality with God as something he ought to exploit. Instead, he emptied himself and received the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of humans. And then having human appearance, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death, Yes, even the death of the cross. And so God has greatly exalted him, and to him in his favor has given the name which is over all names, that now at the name of Jesus every knee within heaven shall bow, on earth too and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Messiah is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are just now past the halfway point of what we call Easter tide, the time in between Easter and Pentecost. <clears throat> we are inching closer to the great celebration of the birthday of the church. We have been looking at the early church writers as they work to give us an understanding of what Jesus accomplished on the cross and in his resurrection. It is no accident that we are spending most of our time looking at Paul since Paul wrote the bulk of the letters of the New Testament. Today we look at one of my favorite passages of Paul's. It contains high Christology, meaning a very high view of the person of Jesus, emphasizing his divinity, his being God. But it is also another passage that works to explain the great saving work of Jesus. And at the same time, it is a calling to those who called call themselves Christian to model their lives after Jesus. For in doing so, we let Jesus do his saving work in our lives. I've read and preached on this passage before, this, this uh, what I call a Philippians creed that explains who the person of Jesus is, and it's debated as to whether Paul wrote it himself or whether it was a creed that already existed within the church and Paul merely appropriated it for his letter that he wrote. But written between the lines here, because sometimes when you read something, you also have to think about what is being assumed and inferred within the passage, the things that aren't written but are still being told to you. Written between the lines, we get this notion that Jesus came to do battle with something. 
It talks about Jesus coming in human likeness. It says Jesus is explained to be God in the flesh. God the Son. And that he steps down out of heaven and assumes the role of a servant. This is what the creed says. But what we have to read between the lines and ask is why would Jesus, why would God, the Son, give up his glory unless it was to accomplish something? Later, when it describes Jesus as Lord, it explains that all those in heaven and earth and under the earth, the land of the dead, declare him Lord because of what he did on the cross. And this is something that is explicitly stated here. Uh, again, it's, it's written between the lines, but because it says Jesus died that then, because he died, God glorifies him. It's like what I said to the kids. Jesus dying on the cross was not an accident. Jesus dying on the cross was not the world coming, trying to undo what God planned to do, and then God just raises Jesus from the dead to set everything right. Jesus goes to the cross as part of the plan. And his resurrection is part of the plan to boot. Jesus becomes Lord because, not in spite of, but because of what he did on the cross. So without it being written explicitly, Jesus came to defeat something. If Jesus comes and his dying has something to do with him becoming Lord and him rising again gives him a name that all people and all of creation, both the Invisible creation in the heavens, the visible creation on the earth, and even all that has died and passed before must refer to him as Lord. He had to come and win some kind of a victory. This kind of praise that Jesus receives in this passage is the kind of praise that is given to one who has won a great victory in battle. To fill in that blank myself that Paul leaves open, he, he doesn't explicitly say what it is that Jesus came and defeated. But to fill that blank in myself, it is the powers of sin and death. Those dark powers that I have often referred to that have enslaved the creation. Those are what Jesus came to defeat. We find Jesus dying on the cross and subsequently being elevated to glory over all the created order. And it is because of, not in spite of, his death on the cross that Jesus gains this victory over the dark powers. It is through his death that he defeats sin and death. 
So what is Paul telling us? Jesus, though he is God the Son, took the place of a humble slave and he served others. He did the Father's will. And when that path to obedience, when that path of doing what God wanted him to do to make everything whole and right again, when that path led to the cross, Jesus didn't detour. Instead, he boldly went forward. His death becomes his glory. And the humiliation and the destruction of his enemy, the Satan and its weapons sin. Jesus' death and his resurrection puts the powers of sin and death, the weapons of Satan, to shame. In dying, Jesus revealed all of the dark powers and all of their shame, and God the Father vindicates Jesus as victor over sin and death by raising him up and placing him at the head of all of creation. That is Paul's explanation for here for how Jesus saves us. How Jesus brings salvation. He defeats sin and death by willingly dying for those that didn't deserve it. But there's also another message here. Paul urges us those who call themselves Christian, to follow that same path. He encourages us to be those obedient servants like Jesus was. Become the same good stewards and good image bearers that he always intended us to be. In doing so, in following Jesus, in doing his will, in serving others and serving the creation, Jesus gives us victory over sin and death. Jesus liberates us through our service in his name. When we follow that same path that Jesus did, because Paul said, have the same mind that Jesus did, when we follow that same path that Jesus did, when we become a servant of all and are willing to let ourselves be poured out for others, then Jesus vindicates us. If you want to experience Jesus' salvation, you must be willing to serve and love like Jesus. Don't seek to be the boss telling others what to do. Seek to live to serve others. When we do that, we declare the defeat of the powers of sin and death, and we declare the victory of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. The victory of Jesus is a victory of liberation to love and serve as we were always intended to do so. And in the more... And the more that we have this mind of Christ, as Paul puts it, the more that we try to live and be shaped into the image of Jesus, the more we will see the kingdom made visible in the world now, announcing its full coming when Jesus comes again. Amen.
as we continue in our worship today. Let us prepare our hearts to join together and share in Holy Communion. And those of you who have come back since we had communion last on Easter, I think we might have had just a couple that have come back since then. Uh, what we are doing is we have little communion packets. And yes, I know they're not the same, and I do apologize, but we will get there someday, hopefully sooner rather than later. But they're just a little tiny cut with a little foil top on it. And if you peel back the first layer, there's a little communion wafer right underneath the plastic. And then you peel back the second layer and there's a drink of grape juice. And it's all sealed. And I will hand it to you with a plastic glove. So it's all, it's all good. But uh, that is the method that we will be doing communion. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same. You just come forward and I will, I will hand it to you when you come forward, or if you need me to bring it back to you, I will do so. So let us join together as we share together in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, blessed it, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this cup, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.
The table has been set. The meal is prepared. Come as you will and partake in the Lord's Supper.
Gracious, holy, and loving God, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this time that we've had together. We pray, Lord, that you would guide us and direct us as we leave here today. Help us to have the mind of Christ that we might be shaped in his image, to go and serve others, and to serve in your creation until you come and make all things new. We praise you and we thank you, and we bless your holy name. And pray you go with us till we meet here again. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And go in peace. Mm -hmm.